Hello, ladies, and welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week, my guest is Kate. After doing everything the right way and playing it all by the book, Kate woke up one morning and realized, A, she wasn't happy, B, there had to be a better way to live than this, and Kate decided to quit her teaching job, leave her marriage, and venture out on her own. She combined her love for planning, mentoring, and empowering, so she created Created Ignite Your Action. As an accountability coach, her mission is to help women stay accountable to the things that make them feel most like themselves. Whether it is um, a small habit or a big goal, she wants every woman to live their life to the fullest and know that it doesn't have to be the cookie cutter dream we were all taught as young girls. You can live whatever life you want and, and make yourself happy just like she did. Everybody, please welcome Kate Benner. Hi, how are you? Good. Okay, so I found Kate Benner on TikTok. I, if you really need to follow her on there, she is amazing. So let's start from the beginning. Let's go back. Yeah. Okay. I think back to when I was a kid. I was kind of like the black sheep of my family. I was really loud, energetic. I was really opinionated and stubborn, and I was super rambunctious as a kid. And so to get all of that energy out. I remember my mom put me in gymnastics because I had so much energy. So they were like, we need some way to give this girl something to do other than jumping on our furniture and <laughs> causing, yeah, causing destruction in our house. Right. So I was three when I started gymnastics and I did really well. I loved it. It helped me burn off my energy that by the time I was like 10 or 11, I was training 30 plus hours a week. Mm. So when I think of my childhood, I think of gymnastics. And I go this far back because it really gave me a sense of discipline and routine. And it gave me the motivation that I feel like carried through my entire life. But I also, while it did an amazing service for that discipline and motivation, it also, I really started developing a perfectionist mindset because Mm -hmm. there's always that hunt for that like perfect 10 as a gymnast. Yeah. Nothing is ever good enough. You always have to go back and tweak things. So it's like this elusive hunt for this thing that doesn't exist. So I really, really struggled with perfectionism and the idea that I was not good enough and that there was always something better. Like I always could do something better. Mm -hmm. And all the girls I was doing gymnastics with were tiny rail thin kids. And I was not, I was, I had curves and I still have curves. And it's one of the things I love most about myself. So not only did I develop this not good enough mindset, it was also this mindset of, I had body dysmorphia. And Mm. so these two things are something that really stuck with me as a kid. And so not to like bash my childhood, because I love gymnastics, I wouldn't give that up. But it definitely gave me this mindset of perfectionism that was really hard to get rid of. You know, I had a lot of amazing role models and coaches, they were supportive, they were a family. But anyways, I say that because I had no time as a kid, I was always doing gymnastics. And that was really great. But by the time I stopped gymnastics, I had an injury and I couldn't continue it. I had no idea what my life was. (laughs) I I had an identity crisis when I went to college, when I stopped, I wasn't training as much. I I didn't know who I was if I wasn't dedicating my life to something. And so not only did I leave with this negative perfectionist mindset, 
I didn't really have an identity. And so college was really a struggle for me. I joined a sorority to find some sort of a connection and that didn't really work out. (laughs) I was depressed. I really latched on to boyfriends that didn't work out. And I didn't really figure out a great way to cope with it other than figuring like, I'll just try to be really good at school. So at least I'm good with that. So I studied really hard in college. I did really well. And I felt like, okay, if I play the game and do the right thing, quote unquote, it'll all work out. Mm. So if I do what I'm supposed to, which is go to school, get good grades, I won't have to deal with that not good enough mindset because I saw all the people around me get really good grades, do really well in life, you know, get a job, meet somebody, have kids, that whole, I talk about like the cookie cutter dream that I thought I was supposed to, to shoot for. So by my junior year in college, I met my now ex-husband and he was a super nice guy. He was very vanilla though. He was like the safe choice. Yeah. He was driven. He knew what he wanted to do, but I look back and it was definitely a situation where I had that mindset of if I pick the safe choice, I never have to deal with the failure of not being good enough. Mm. And so I built this idea up in my head of what it was, what my life was supposed to be like, you know, marriage, kids, career, nice house, because that's what I saw everyone around me do. And Mm -hmm. my parents never pressured me to be a certain way or, you know, you need to get married. But my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was a high-powered attorney. He was very successful. He -hmm. worked at one company his entire career. We had a really great life. And so I saw that as a model and I thought, okay, I'll pick the safe things because that's kind of what my parents did. And when I decided what I wanted to do for a career, I picked teaching. And I distinctly remember telling my parents, I'm picking this because we're in a teacher shortage and I'll always have a job. Not Mm. because I wanted, I I mean, I loved kids. I was a a camp counselor and I were, I was a nanny. I, you know, I did love mentoring and helping kids, but it wasn't. Yeah. My passion. Exactly. My passion. And I was so scared to fail at anything, honestly, because I had that narrative in my head. So I knew if I pick something safe, I'm never going to have to fail and I'll always be okay. I'm never going to have to face my demons. And I feel like a lot of people, they settle because they are scared to fail. So everything was a safe choice. My marriage, my career, where I lived, I stayed in the same place that I went to college Mm. for 10 years. (laughs) It was all safe. (laughs) I picked yeah. it. It was safe. I mean, I think you that know? this is the story of a lot of people, you know, yeah. um, I just went to Bass Lake with my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and my stepson just graduated from high school and he took a trip with his little friends to Yosemite and he, he loves to um, make videos and stuff. And so he's showing the video of them having fun in Yosemite and my father-in-law is crying on the you know couch. And he was just kind of like, oh my gosh, I just, I never did stuff like that because my whole life was baseball and I had to do baseball and, and he was a great baseball player. I mean, he was even inducted in the Fresno baseball hall of fame for being such a great baseball player. But then he was so scared to fail at, um, after he graduated from college to try to go into the minor leagues or the major leagues because he was afraid of failure and he was afraid of like being, so he picked the safe choice. I'm going to go back and I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids. And he doesn't regret that, but he does sometimes I think believe like, well, what could have been, 
if right. I would have just taken that risk. And, you know, I think a lot of us, especially like you said, in sports, in something like gymnastics, there's always like, you have to get better. You have to get better. You yes. have that one elusive dream of mm-hmm. you're perfect. You're not like the magic Johnson or the Kobe Bryant. you you have to get better at your sport. You have to get, you know, the highest paid, um, you know, contract for the NFL or whatever it is, it's never good enough. And so when you, you're in this sport, especially gymnastics, like I have a friend who was in gymnastics too, and she still struggles with eating. And like, she thinks that she's fat. And I'm like, girl, you are a rail. Like, I wish I was your weight. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. And you this like weird yes. persona of like how you're supposed to be. And so I, I mean, I just love that you're bringing all of this up because I know women who are listening, if you really stop to analyze why you are the way you are today, it does stem from childhood and the things that you were exposed yes. to. And it wasn't necessarily like your mom and was like pushing you to be the best. It's just no. like your own mentality, especially if you're a type A personality, mm-hmm. if you develop that perfectionist thing, you want people to like you, you want to hold that mm-hmm. praise from people. And so you try your best and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also nothing wrong with failing and not, mm-hmm. not making it or trying something new. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the day that you woke up and you decided like, Tell us about everything leading up to it. And then that moment of why that was like your pivotal, like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I mean, we, my ex-husband and I had been together for six years before we got married because we went in college. And I, I honestly was the one who was pushing him to do it because again, I thought that's what you were supposed to do. We had a dog together. We had a house, you know, we lived together, all that kind of stuff about six or eight months after we were married. I honestly, the only way I can describe it is having an eat, pray, love moment. If you've seen that movie or read that book, <laughs> yeah. where she just wakes up in the middle of the night and I just had a panic attack. Mm. And I was like, what, this is not what I wanted my life to, to be. I remember I just woke up and I said, I feel like you're my roommate. And he kind of agreed and walked away. And it felt like, okay, this is not what I'm supposed to be in. And I describe it a lot. If you know, you've seen my TikToks, it's this intuition that I finally felt like woke up inside of me. Mm. It, I don't know what it was. I don't know if I started gaining more confidence in myself. I don't know if it was, I just started being more independent and it was like, honestly, this thing woke up in me and it grabbed me and it said, you can't, you, this is not what you have in mind. So about a week later, I moved out because I was 26, 27. I had never lived on my own. I'd always lived with roommates. I'd always lived with my ex-husband. And so I got my own place. And I remember I was just so happy to be independent by myself. And I knew the choices that I were making because I felt so good like I built, I remember I built a couch. I had, I ordered it from Amazon and I couldn't stop talking about how I built this couch myself because mm. everything had been done for me since I was a kid because with gymnastics, food would be made, things would get done because I was training so much. And yeah. I finally had the opportunity to do things for me. And I was just more confident. I was more secure. And I felt like, wow, I could really do this on my own. Yeah. And you know, that was a huge life change going through a divorce, moving out. And I was still teaching. And I, I had already known that I wanted to leave teaching, 
And so I thought, well, you know, I already went through one huge life change. I'm going to wait till next year to, to leave teaching. And then COVID happened. (laughs) (laughs) So the universe answered it for you. Yes. I was like, okay. So at first I thought, okay, I can't, I don't know if I can leave. Like, you know, people were losing jobs, all, all this horrible stuff was happening. And so I thought, okay, well, I want to be, I went back to that mindset of, I don't want to fail. I don't want to put myself in a position where I lose a a job that pays my rent. I was not happy. And I had already gone through a period with my marriage where I had that epiphany. And I had this interaction with my old principal and she was very toxic positive, you know, where people are, everything's great. And you're like, can you just be real? Like, I know. The whole district had that vibe. And I, I just, hate toxic positivity. Positivity. And, I hate it. Oh my it. gosh. Yeah. It was just so horrible. It was like, you need to acknowledge that people are going through difficult times and not cover it up with, you know, this blanket of everything's great. Nothing's wrong. And so I had this interaction <laughs> while with the her. world is burning up. <laughs> yes. I'm like, there is a pandemic going on and you are saying that everything is great and we're a family and that couldn't be farther from the truth. And I remember thinking this is not okay. And so I had known that I wanted to start my own business. I had these interactions with her and was like, I can't wait to be somebody else's boss. So I don't treat them like she's treating me. I like cataloged how she was behaving with the people around her. Cause it just gave me an example of what not to do. Yeah. And that was the kind of thing that triggered me to, to want to start my own business. And I obviously grew up with sports, with fitness, with health. And so I knew I wanted to do something in that sphere, but I just wasn't sure what could I help people with? And I thought about what I loved about teaching because I did love parts of it. And what I realized was that I loved mentoring my kids. I loved being their support system, cheering them on, giving them, you know, goals to reach and then seeing them reach those goals. And I realized that's kind of like an accountability coach. How could I, you know, make this a a business where I help women achieve their health and fitness goals and give them the strength and courage and motivation to do that. So that's why I created Ignite Your Action because a lot of times, myself included, I feel like as women, we feel really guilty prioritizing ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Let's rewind for a little bit. So like, let's go back to when you finally decided I'm going to get a divorce and you said he just walked away. He didn't fight you. Oh Um, no. He just acknowledged it. And then what did your parents say? Were they like supportive? Oh oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that was a really difficult period in my life. They did not support me. They were really confused. I mean, I could understand that, I guess, as a parent, I didn't really tell them a lot of things because I wanted the world to think that we were fine, but we really were not. I re- Well, it was kind of this slow telling of, I'm going to leave. Are you sure? Are you going to leave for a little bit? No, I'm really going to leave. And then I remember having a phone conversation with my mom and she was like, you just threw a grenade on your life. And that will always stick with me. And they didn't really, I think in hindsight, they'd say they were supportive, but I don't remember it that way. What I remember is them kind of taking his side and feeling like 
I was the one who made the mistake, but I felt like it took two people to make this not work. And he didn't want to put in the effort. Clearly, when I said, I feel like a roommate, and he said, yeah, and kind of walked away, it was like, oh, all right. It didn't (laughs) seem like either one of us were willing to make an effort to keep it on track. It's not like he fought for the marriage and was like, I'll do anything. I'll go to therapy. Yeah. It wasn't like he did that. So it really wasn't anybody's fault. You guys both realized that it wasn't exactly what you want in a marriage. And I think that this right. is such a, like important conversation to have is because there are so many people out there that are currently in their marriage. They oh, feel yeah. the same way that they're just roommates and they stay for years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they give excuses like, oh, I can't leave because of the kids or I can't leave because yes. we are home together or I can't leave because he will fall apart or I will fall apart. And and we right. create these scenarios in our head that like like your mom, I mean, just the words of saying you just threw a grenade on your life is so drastic. And so like, yeah. oh, you'll never be able to pull the pieces back together. And it's like, yes. oh, oh, there totally. are so many people that survive divorces and have been divorced multiple times. Right. And they survive. I like this conversation simply because like my, my husband was married for 15 years and what the way he describes his previous marriage, because ours is completely different. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand like how you would live like that, you know? And like, he would tell me that, you know, she would go to bed at seven. So he would Mm -hmm. be downstairs watching TV by himself. And then Mm -hmm. he would go to bed like at 11 we're like roommates. He sometimes would just be in his office working on his business. She would be downstairs taking care of the kids. It was like they were just living together, taking care of two children. And it's like, that's not a marriage. Like, you know, like me and my husband, we brush our teeth together. We lay in bed. We talk about our day. You know, we say our five gratitudes before we go to sleep. You know, I'm, we can't stop talking to each other in the car. We can have four hour long conversations about politics and life and God. And how do you have a marriage where you don't even communicate? And yeah. and that's where things like, I feel like a lot of people don't understand that Picking the person that you're going to marry is such a huge decision. And there's this huge story that people say, you know, oh, as soon as you graduate from college, you should be marrying your high school or college sweetheart, and you should be starting on your kids and starting to get that job. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and some people, especially females, like for me, example, I was 37 by the time I got married. When I was 28, my mom was already telling me that no one was going to marry me because I had passed the crime. You know, at 31, my mom was like, that's it. Your eggs are dried up. You're never going to, you know, like it was all these like things that you are told as a female. Like if you don't have, if you're not married, you're nothing. If you don't have kids, you're nothing. If you don't have a career, you're nothing, which are all lies, all Mm -hmm. perpetuating our own shame and guilt. And it keeps us from doing exactly what our soul has been yearning to do. And we're hating life and we're suffering. And then we cling on to other things to try to make our heart and mind completely aligned, like drugs or alcohol or shopping Mm -hmm. addictions or food or anything, you know, but this is like a conversation that I love knowing that you at the age of 26, because you're, you're so young, you have your whole life so for your mom to say a grenade just got dropped on your lap that is so like it the picture of that is just devastating like you'll never ever be the person that you were but you're actually a whole new woman Mm -hmm. in love with yourself and in love with life yes 
Absolutely. So much better than the zombie you were before, which was exactly that's what it was. It was (laughs) very like that's a great way to describe it. You just kind of go through the motions of life. It's such a I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like how I feel grateful that I I had this intuition to break from it because that could have been me for 30 years. I mean, and I put my first TikTok that ever went viral was a video about my story. And I could not believe the reaction from so many people that either A, were in a loveless, not happy marriage, or B, were in a crappy career and were looking for ways to leave. Like, how did you do it? Why did you, like, how did you have the confidence to leave? I mean, I was quite honestly just shocked that so many people are stuck. It's like very, very prevalent through, I feel like our, I don't know if it's this generation and the American dream is still that elusive dream ideology that we follow, but it was shocking. I mean, I, I still can't believe like, wow, just if you're not happy to me now, I think, you're not happy, just leave. Like, wait, yeah. Because I just but see a know. lot of people have this whole like idea, especially if you're in a religious type of divorce. Is like, oh my god, like when my husband finally after 15 years, well, he was miserable the entire time. He says that even on the day that he proposed, he was feeling like this isn't the right decision. And that's the thing: if your gut intuition and your body is having like these like negative reactions when you're asking someone yes. to marry you, or or you're saying yes to the person that's asking you to there's a reason why right (laughs) Right? and the same thing like when he tells me like you know even on our wedding day you know I was just so like I don't want to go through this and I'm like why did you do it he's like just because everyone expected me to do it everyone expected me to go down that road and he comes from a small town so he was I think 25 or 26 by the time he got married so he was like I felt like I was late because everyone in the small town were married after high school at 18 19 years old and then even after 15 years he said he contemplated suicide more than he contemplated getting a divorce because the shame and the guilt of the divorce and having to tell his family and the people at church this is the thought process of most people and I've heard this not just from my husband but from other people who thought like the devastating news of telling people that it didn't work out that their marriage is failing and they're getting a divorce was what much more of a challenge than just committing suicide Okay. And that's so it's, sad. It's so sad. It's the failure part. It all stuff. And that's why, you know, I wanted to tell that I, for me, I'm sure people can connect with in some way that idea of failure being so traumatic that we, we fight tooth and nail to figure out ways to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people do. It's, it's that. And for me, I feel like failure now is just one door opening and one door closing. Like it's just a redirection. And if you can switch your mind to seeing that there's no such thing as failure, and that's taken a lot of work and a lot of practice, and it's still hard for me. But if you can switch your mind to it's not failure, it's just a redirection. That's what I tell myself. I think that if you can do that, you can always look at a negative and turn it into a positive. You know, I don't regret that I got married. I don't regret that relationship or any of the things that I went through 
because it taught me, it, it showed me a path and it gave me, you know, a, a story and it gave me confidence and it gave me my foundation. And so I think there's always a reason for why you end up in a situation that you do. You can, you can really learn from it. Yeah. I know that sounds really corny. No, it doesn't. Honestly, it's because now, like my husband is always like, now I know what love feels like. Now I know what I want in my marriage. Now I know like that, you know what I mean? It's like, you wouldn't have recognized what a good marriage is like if you didn't experience a bad marriage, you know? Right. You have nothing to come in a way, compare it to. And same thing for, that's the way I think of my old boss. Mm -hmm. I have now something to compare it to, to make sure that I, when I'm able to hire somebody or people that I treat them not like the way she was, or Mm -hmm. even just being a good human, seeing that, you know, people are going through a lot. You don't have to pile on to them. You know, that's, it's like yin and yang of, you know, you have to, because a lot of times I'll think, why, you know, why do we have negativity or bad things in the world? But it's that yin and yang when you can't, when you have something to compare good and bad too, it makes it so much more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. You can't enjoy the daylight if you don't enjoy the moonlight. You have to have both. Ooh, I like that. Everything is, you have darkness and you have light. You have, you know, hate and you have love. Mm -hmm. Everything has a yin and yang to it and it's what balances the world. You can't, you know, you can't, you know, really enjoy love if you've never experienced hate. You can't enjoy a success if you've never experienced a failure. It's just the way the life is supposed to be, you know? My husband always says, nobody wants to uh, hear a hero story where he just wins everything and everything goes great in life. Nobody wants to hear that story. They right. want to hear the story. It's like why we can't stop looking at car accidents when we're driving down the freeway. Sure. You know, why we're, a lot of people are attracted to criminal stories and like criminal podcasts because they want to hear the story. I like also that you were talking about toxic positivity and let's just touch on this. I love that you said, you know, I just want to, let's be real. Let's have an honest conversation, which is why I started my podcast. I was tired of having these toxic positivity conversations. I live in Orange County, California, Southern California. So it's. Full. I grew up in SoCal. Oh, well, it's <laughs> so full, I know. It's full of uh, typical Orange County housewives. Yeah. And I just remember being in the backyard of this girl. Her name was Molly. And she was just like, oh, my God, my life is so perfect. And we just went to Hawaii. And the kids uh, are just so amazing. And it's just like, I just love my husband. We're so perfect. And I'm like, calm down. Like, yes. And then I was like trying to have like a fun conversation about poop. <laughs> Cause I love, I love talking about guts and like, cause I just love talking about anything. Everything fascinates me about life. Yeah. And, and she was like, Oh, we don't talk about poop. I don't, oh, that, oh, no. I don't fart. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You would be a robot if you don't poop or fart. Like there's something yeah. wrong with you. I would highly recommend you go see a doctor, <laughs> but it was like, they wouldn't go to that level. It's like, let's just stay on the surface mm-hmm. and talk about everything that is great and wonderful. And let's not go to what happened to me or why I am the way I am. And, and for, me those were the conversations I wanted to have like I want to hear your journey I want to know what you went through because then I feel like with those parts I have a newfound respect for you versus Mm -hmm. like everything is perfect everything is great you know so I I just love that you you know touched on that toxic positivity because it is prevalent so many people want to just hide and push everything under the rug and pretend everything is great when in reality they're truly suffering you know, suffering in life, there's so many different ways to prove it. But also I wanted to talk about how being in like corporate America, there's this new thing that I saw 
they are building like a model of a person who sits in front <gasps> I of I saw that desk. too. It was on TikTok. Yeah, I think. it was like, her name's like Molly or like Sally. It was like- Yeah, or something. Like, and it's this woman with like a hunchback. Yes. She has Velcro veins. Her eyes are yes. red. looking at the screen for too long. She's a little bit overweight because she's sitting at her desk all the time and not moving her body and exercising. It was just like, wow, that's exactly how a lot of Americans look because we don't we don't we get like two weeks vacation a year two weeks if you're in corporate which America is nothing. which is nothing I'm Australia gets like two months to go and just oh. be yourself and get back into alignment and that's one of the things that like as humans this is we are here one time you know experience and see everything that you can we went to Kingsburg after Bass Lake and my father-in-law had the sprinklers on and I so desperately wanted to just run through the sprinklers like, do that oh my god right? why not right and it's like all these little things that like as we get older like oh you can't do that you have no. to stay in lane stay in the lane mm-hmm. stay in the marriage stay at the job you got to do that because like otherwise people are gonna be like that's it you've ruined your whole life <laughs> Right. Right? People make these blanket statements that are just absurd. It doesn't, it makes no sense. Like you said, you only have one life to live. Go run through the sprinklers, which I'm going to go do that now. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 95 degrees here today, but I actually just recently got a a tattoo that says memento more, which is remember you will die. Mm. And it kind of goes along with that because I felt like you only have one life to live and it describes, you know, my intuition and my feeling of needing to leave because I, it was kind of like that. I only have one life to live. And so I have that tattooed on my forearm now to remember that, to remind me to go run in the sprinklers and just live life. It's true. I, I think that's one of the things that I forgot who, what author said, but the thing that we all believe is that we have more time and that's a lie. Oh, Nobody knows when it's going to be over. I mean, and people think, oh, I'm going to live until I'm 80 or 90 years old. Like I have friends who have died in their 30s. You know, I have friends who just recently died in their 40s and didn't make it past that. It's like you have to understand that, yes, our days are limited. Enjoy every day and be present in every day versus walking around as a zombie. This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. Let's talk about your accountability coaching business and how it evolved and like how you're doing now. It's a very, it's in its infancy. It started in February and it has exploded. It's really is truly my passion. I have had so much joy helping women. And it's just every time I talk with my clients, I'm like, this is totally my path. Mm-hmm. I love being this positive person in this in somebody's life that maybe otherwise doesn't have that. And the change in the excitement that you see in somebody who's making steps towards their goals is incredible. And it's really evolved into just this. I have, I have a membership now where I talk one-on-one every day with clients. And that has been, I've just met so many amazing people that if I had stayed teaching and stayed on that path, I would have never met. And I truly feel like if I only had, you know, a very limited time 
that I would be really proud and really happy of this business I've created. And I'm just so, I'm just so much happier now. I can, I'm, I can tell that I'm just, my passion has finally come to be, you know, my entire life. I don't mind working. I enjoy waking up. I enjoy being able to have these interactions with people and give them support and give them motivation. And I know that this is like why I was put on this earth was to help people and motivate them. And so many people, it's crazy. They just don't have that positive support. I was talking with a a client the other day and she was like, I just don't have anyone telling me, really reminding me that I'm on the right track and I'm doing well. And I think a lot of times, especially people get into this mindset that they just you're not good enough. You're not doing the right thing. And people need reminders, even if it's externally for a little bit, that they're doing well and they can shift their mindset, which is part of the the work that I do, because that's really where I found success. And I've seen success in my clients is when people shift their mindset from a very doubtful, insecure, negative one to a more positive, motivated, knowing that you can do whatever you set your mind to. I know that also sounds very corny, but one of the ways I think I shifted and was able to really overcome all of my BS was working on my mindset Mm. and figuring out how to do affirmations. I was one of those people that was like, affirmations are silly. What are you talking about? I will never do affirmations. They have been life-changing. And that's one of the things that we work on in my my coaching program is the biggest thing is a mindset shift. You will always have an internal subconscious dialogue. And the people who are negative-minded and don't feel low and just have low vibrations, they're their sub their subconscious is telling them negative low vibe on repeat like a track and so yes. if you're able to shift your mind where you're feeling positive you're telling yourself you know i'm so grateful that positivity thro- comes into my life on a daily basis and you're you know thinking that over and over and over again it's going your whole mindset's going to shift because it's that script going through your brain over yeah. and over again and it's been scientifically so, proven that's one of the things that i teach too is like make sure you do your affirmations and your gratitudes yeah. and because our mind is like focuses on what is not going right It focuses on what is missing. So you could have a beautiful mosaic puzzle, but there's one little piece missing and all you're going to focus on is that one piece missing. And so doing affirmations get trains your brain to get out of that negative rut and realize that there's a huge, beautiful like life and world to see out there. So, yeah, I mean, I personally, when I when I teach my clients and I tell them, OK, you're going to do affirmations they are like, this doesn't work. And I'm like, no, yes, it works. Trust me, you have to keep doing the work. It's, yeah. And that's another thing. It's a daily thing. Mm. If you've been programmed, especially if you were grow, grew up with trauma or if you were abused as a child, like I was, uh, you know, physically and mentally abused by my mother. It's a track that I have to continue to fight against every mm-hmm. single day. I mean, I have to do it because the moment I fail or the moment I do something wrong, that track plays. Oh, mm-hmm. it's because you're unlovable. It's because you're unwanted. Nobody loves you. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. That's the reason why this is happening to you. And you literally have to stop it and say, mm-hmm. I am so worthy. I am so loved. I am so amazing. Mm-hmm. I have to. It, it's mm-hmm. a daily practice. But once you figure that out, you know, and that's the reason why I truly believe in having a coach, a life coach, an accountability coach, Mm -hmm. a spiritual mentor, because sometimes you get stuck in that rut 
and you need mm-hmm. someone to like push you get out of there right mm-hmm. have you yeah, seen the movie exactly Soul, the pixar movie soul oh yeah Oh, isn't, I love that. Isn't that like it's that's what it reminds me of if just this little stuck oh. soul that needs like a pick me up, mm-hmm. a push, like here you go. I'm gonna ignite your fire within and get you started again. You yes. know, and that's exactly Absolutely. what we do as coaches. It's like yeah. we help you get back on track, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes you just get stuck in that loop of negative you know, mm-hmm. dialogue. Yeah, I love that you're doing that. So as we wrap up this episode, what would be your nugget of wisdom? So my mantra that I tell myself every day is progress over perfection. I've done a TikTok on this. So if you want to learn more, you can you can watch that. But if you think of every everything that you do as progress and there is like the elusive, there's no there's no such thing as perfection. Just continue to move forward and make progress you are continuing in a positive way. So every time doesn't matter if if it's a mistake or it's an event that happens, it's progress towards the greater good of what your life is going to be. So I tell myself progress over perfection. If I, you know, fail at something, it's just progress towards something else. So that's one thing. It's sort of an affirmation, sort of a mantra. And it's nice, short and simple progress over perfection. I love that. All right, Kate, how can my audience find you? Great. Yeah. So I am on Instagram and TikTok. Both of my handles are Kate underscore Benner underscore. Those are the two platforms that I mainly use. And my website is www.katebenner.com. If you are looking for an accountability coach to help you with any sort of consistency or unmotivated feelings, I would I would love to help. I'd love to coach. Perfect. And she also has a membership for daily accountability. So look her up at katebenner.com. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, the Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.